and welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. So today we're going to be recapping what I watched in the month of September. So September was uh, actually a pretty good month in terms of watching. You know, I watched a few different, like, horror things. I didn't really watch a whole lot of TV that I remember. Uh, can't really remember... Uh, watching anything like that but you know i got some fun things to talk about and uh let's just move on so uh to start off the month i had a little double feature on the first uh i watched sorority row from 2009 because i did cover it on the show so sorority row is if you don't know when five sorority girls inadvertently caused the murder of one of their sisters in a prank um they agree to keep it um, the matter to themselves, and they never speak of it again, um, so they can get on with their lives. However, after uh, graduation, a mysterious killer goes after the five of them um, because they know their secret and all that. And so I said in my review on Letterboxd that this movie is actually fairly decent. I gave it a four, personally. I Yeah, I would give it like three and a half or a four. I, I think it's 2000s as hell, but I love a group of bad bitches being bad bitches and it's kind of like that um you know listen to the episode i did with pickens on it but i mean yeah this movie is uh if anything it's entertaining you know uh that's cool i mean granted it might not be the best film in the world but i mean i like entertainment really over anything so i'm i'm down for that uh but yeah Started off with Sorority Row, and in the meantime, too, I also watched The House on Sorority Row, which is what Sorority Row 2009 is based off. So, same plot, really. After a seemingly innocent prank goes horribly wrong, a group of sorority sisters are stalked and murdered one by one in their sorority house while they're throwing a party to celebrate the graduation. Um... As I stated before um, in the episode, because we did talk about this movie, this movie was actually shot in Pikesville, Maryland, which is kind of cool because I used to literally work over near there. So that's kind of interesting. But also um, with that, you know, uh, it was directed by first time director Mark Rossman, who's went on to have a career of his own and all of that. It was shot by uh, the cinematographer that did all all sorts of different movies and you know uh, who's also from baltimore so i thought that was really cool but uh yeah i watched this to compare it to the remake um and it's actually pretty good for a low budget 80s slasher film you know and and i'm down for that and into it uh yeah so house on Swords, i gave it like a three and a half um by no means am i saying i don't think i would necessarily like I said, I think I give it a three and a half. Uh, I gave Sorority Row a four, but like they're kind of on the same little like, playing field for me, if anything. I don't think one is worse than the other. I think they both have their merits, if anything. So there you go. Then on the second of the month, I had a little kind of double feature as well. Um, but because uh, on Peacock, Peacock was doing it this month uh, because they had all sorts of things that were on um, on the docket. But I decided to finally watch because it was the only one I hadn't watched. I watched the return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1995. That's right. It's the one with Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. So this movie, um, pretty much Leatherface is back for more prom night gore. Um, this time he's joined by his bloodthirsty family. Four stranded yet carefree teens are taken in by a backwoods family, clueless of their host family's grisly habits, and the terrified youths, including Sweet Jenny, played by a 
kind of unknown Renee Zellweger, um, try to escape from Leatherface and his crazed clan, including the bionic Vilmer, uh, played by Matthew McConaughey. So I said in my review, this was batshit crazy, but I thought it was a decent horror film. I gave it a four. I mean, people hate this film. And listen, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies are a mixed bag altogether, okay? Listen, however, I think this, well, you'll hear about it at some point, uh, but I will say, because I will be doing something with Texas Chainsaw Massacre in uh, upcoming months, but uh, but yeah, so I, I'm just glad I finally get to watch this, because it was the only one I hadn't seen yet, so now I've finished that franchise. Uh, which is nice. <laughs> and then also on Peacock, fun enough, I decided to watch Psycho from 1960. I mean, goddamn, do I really have to go over what this movie's about? But I mean, pretty much, Marion Crane goes on the lamb with a wad of cash that she stole from her boss, and she uh, hopes of starting a new life. She ends up at the base motel, where Norman Bates, played by Anthony Perkins, um, cares for his housebound mother. Um... <laughs> the place seems quirky until, uh, but fine, until Marion decides to take a shower. That's literally part of the summary on Letterboxd, which I think is funny. I mean, it's directed by Alfred Hitchcock. I said this movie looks great in 4K because it was in 4K on Peacock. And yes, the 1998 uh, Psycho is also on there as well. Uh, I'll talk about another Psycho movie in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I gave this a four and a half. I mean, this movie... Um, you know, it's a classic, obviously. Maybe not for everyone. Maybe some people don't always like it. But, I mean, come on. Like, you have to give props where props are due, you know what I mean? And, uh, and yeah, I thought Psycho was was good. And, of course, I had to watch it again. Of course. I'd seen it before. Um, but, yes, I had decided to do that. Uh, then, the next day, I decided to watch something um, I had heard about. And so I, I finally got to see it because it was on Pluto. Um, and it also came on Prime, funny enough, too. But uh, Scout's Guide to the a Zombie Apocalypse from 2015. Now, the reason I was aware of this movie was because technically one of the writers of it is Lona Williams, who did Drop Dead Gorgeous and Sugar and Spice and all that. And so I was like, all right, cool. Let me watch this, I guess. So if you don't know, this movie is about three scouts and lifelong friends join forces with one badass cocktail waitress to become one of the world's most unlikely team of heroes. When their peaceful town is ravaged by a zombie evasion, they'll fight for the badge of a lifetime and put their scouting skills to the test to save mankind from the undead. Now, I will say, um, I mean, I like the, uh, so Denise is the cocktail waitress that they mentioned. I like the outfit that Denise has on. Um, I'm a sucker for a white tank top and a short shorts. So, of course, like, I'm, I'm into that. It's the, the final girl fit, if you will. Um, also, the amount of Dolly Parton merch that the scout leader has is kind of incredible, though, and goals, because this guy um, in the movie, the scout leader, uh, he is kind of, he's not explicitly queer, but hes it's kind of implied, um, and he has all this Dolly Parton merch at his house. Uh, spoiler alert, also, he becomes a zombie, but anyway, yeah, love that. Um, Drew Drogi, hey, Drew Drogi, um, who... We follow each other on Instagram now, and I uh, did a little story about me watching it, and I thought it was fun he was in there. Um, him as a zombie in the movie, playing like uh, singing a Britney Spears song is kind of fun. That's cool. Um, and so for me, this movie kind of missed the mark for me, but I guess it was fun for a one-time watch, I guess. I gave this a two and a half. It wasn't really my, my thing. 
Um, you know, I mean, it's from 2015. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Just that that movie wasn't really all that good to me. I think it also had like three different writers, so I think the tone was kind of all over the place. I guess it seems like, um, but it is Christopher Landon. We love Christopher Landon here. You know, uh, gay man, son of Michael Landon, you know, I mean, like how could you not stand? But like, uh, overall I didn't love the movie necessarily. Um, but it's not like the worst in the world, I guess. It's just, it's not for everyone. Also it was uh, direct. It was uh, produced, uh, partly produced by one of the guys the main guy who I think actually directed, um, she's the man, funny enough. And also he was the executive producer on Reefer Madness, the musical, which is super fun. He also directed uh, Heather's the musical, the little movie that they did of it. So that's kind of fun. Um, anyway, but yeah, so that is that for Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Uh, then the next day after that, I decided to do a little something and I decided to watch, uh, because this was also, um, around the time of Labor Day, so I guess I had a day off or so. Anyway, but, um, I decided to do another little double feature and finish off another series that I had, you know, uh, been meaning to finish. Uh, I did uh, Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. So I watched those on the same day because they were also on Peacock. Um, Yeah, I think they were on Peacock. It was either that or they were on Prime or something. I feel like they come on Peacock every so often, but I think it was actually on Prime. Never mind. But you can find some of the Child's Play things on Peacock, though, which is cool. And also the series Chucky. Uh, Curse of Chucky is from 2013. This is after um, the... uh, This is 2013, so this is kind of back to form after Seed of Chucky. Uh, After the passing of her mother, Nika, who's played by Fiona Doroth. Um, She's a young woman in a wheelchair. She's forced to deal with her sister, her brother-in-law, her niece, and their nanny as they say goodbye to her mother. Um, But when people start turning up dead, Nika discovers the culprit might be a strange doll that she received a couple days before. Um, I didn't have anything to say about this. I gave it a three and a little heart. I think this movie is uh, pretty good. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's another child's play movie but it kind of went back to form if you will you know it wasn't as funny maybe as uh, some of the other child's play movies have been but uh i did i did enjoy it you know i, I thought it was fun uh you know fiona dorf is a great actress i think um and I thought she did good in this role. She definitely does great in Cult, but uh, but yeah, we'll get to Cult. Yeah, so let's talk about that one. So Cult Chucky is from 2017, um, and so that was actually directed by Dom Mancini, who's the creator of Chucky. Uh, she is confined to an asylum for the critically clinically insane. Um, Nika is, and so she is convinced that um, she, not Chucky, actually murdered her entire family back in um, Curse of Chucky. But uh, when the psychiatrist introduces a new therapeutic good guy doll with a familiar face a string of grisly new murders uh lead nika to wonder if she isn't crazy after all um again i gave it a three i liked it just as much as curse of chucky i didn't dislike one more than the other i feel like the only one i really didn't like was just child's play three everything else i thought was pretty all right i like to be honest so but yeah, I mean, this one definitely has a, a look to it. You know, it definitely has that kind of like uh, very clinical kind of blue tinty feel, if you will. But I mean, it, you know, it's fun. Uh, the way that Chucky looks, you know, it's questionable every so often with some of these movies. But, you know, what are you going to do? But um, but I did want to get back on those and I wanted to um, be able to actually talk about those. Uh 
And now I'm caught up on Child's Play. So that's another franchise I was able to finish. And then also, um, I can now start watching Chucky again because I only finished a few of those episodes. So, and then the third season's coming out. So I, but I'm not that worried about like catching up on it right, right now. Um, Cause it'll, it'll always be there. Uh, I think Child's Play is definitely, uh, if anything, it's one of the most consistent horror franchises out there. And I mean, it's one that I tend to like. I actually think it has a pretty uh, consistent um, sort of oeuvre, if you will. So that's cool. Um, anyway, back to Psycho, though. The next day, I decided to watch Psycho 2 from 1983 uh, because it was on Peacock, of course. Actually, pretty much all the Psycho movies are on Peacock. Um so this is after years of treatment at a mental institution for the criminally insane serial killer Norman Bates, again played by Anthony Perkins, is finally released and deciding to um, move back to his long dead mother's infamous old house. He finds himself tormented by her demands and begins to question his own sanity. This one I gave a four and I give it a little heart. Um, I really liked this movie. It has Vera Miles in it. It has uh, Meg Tilly in it. Uh, of course, Anthony Perkins is back. I mean, it's a pretty it's pretty lit cast you know and and i think it does a really good job at um being a continuation of this story maybe it's not for every single person perhaps and it gets a little weird here and there but you know what i really did enjoy myself with it and um you know i, I haven't finished the third one um that one has uh Tina from from uh that one has Tina from Mommy Dearest when she's older, uh Diana Scarwood. Um also she was in Party Monster. But yeah, no, she's in that movie. So I haven't seen that one. Again, it's on Peacock every so often, so I'll get around to it. But uh but yeah, Psycho, I mean some some people really go up for Psycho um in the series perhaps, or they're just like, Yeah, it starts to, you know, go off after a while, but uh but yeah, I, I did enjoy this one. I thought Meg Tilly did a great job. I think Mavera Miles did a good job. So I was very interested. Anyway, the next day, I decided to watch a little something that I'm covering on the show as of this recording next week, um, which means it's already done. But anyway, so uh, I watched Trick or Treat from 2007 or 2009, depending on what you do, you know, in terms of release. But Trick or Treat, if you don't already know, it's a anthology horror movie, uh, has four interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. Uh, one is about these kids who like, you know, discovered uh, old urban legend of their town. There's a, uh, pack of girls who decide to go to a party in the middle of the woods. Uh, and then there's this old guy who like hates Halloween, who is accosted by like this little, um, weird trick or treater. Um, and yeah, I mean, God, Trick or Treat, you'll hear about it in my episode. But I mean, I love this movie so much. I gave it uh, a four and a, star and a heart. I mean, God, I own it now. I have the Blu-ray of it because I'd never owned it before. So I thought, why not just get the Blu-ray of it? Um, I don't think any of these other movies I own on on physical media. But I this one, I, I actually got this month. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love Trick or Treat so much. There's other people who love Trick or Treat as well. Uh, Sam is just the cutest villain ever, and I love him. Um, but, yeah, that's what I decided to, to watch with that. And, again, you'll hear more about it on my episode. But... Yeah, that's what I did with that. And I'm, I'm a horror anthology girly. You know, I, I like them for the most part, even if they're maybe not so good. Um, I'll give them a chance, at least. I like having different short stories. Um, like, Will 
VHS 85 be good? I don't know, but damn it, I've watched all the other ones, and so I'm going to watch it in October. Um, anyway, so moving on, I uh, then watched a little movie from 1991 called Ernest Scared Stupid, uh, which has Jim Varney in it. I uh, am going to cover this on the show as well, um, and you'll see that as well. Uh, and, and I had a nice guest on. Uh, but yeah, so uh, well-intentioned, eternally bumbling Ernest P. Worrell. Uh, he accidentally releases an evil demon from its sacred tomb, and now he has to go and try and save the the townspeople and the kids from utter destruction, pretty much, um, uh, that he sort of caused. But it has Eartha Kitt in it. It has Jim Varney in it. I mean, this is such a fun little movie. I gave it a three and a half and a star. I really like Ernest Scared Stupid. Funny enough, I watched it on YouTube. And I also rewatched it as well, because I watched it on YouTube at first. And then it actually came on YouTube uh, for free, the HD version, which is awesome. Because you can find it on f- YouTube for free, but it actually did come up with free with ads as well. Um, so, and that's the better... Uh, quality version you can watch so but i i really liked this movie um i i maybe would own it perhaps i don't know uh it's one of the most accessible earnest movies i haven't seen the other ones but uh from what i gather it seems like it's the most kind of accessible one which is good uh and it's the spooky one so who wouldn't love it Anyway, so then after that, though, because this month, Criterion Channel, which I do subscribe to, it's a nice little $10 to, to throw at them every so often, um, I they did High School Horror as part of their... Um, as part of their lineup, at least uh, last month it was, because you're hearing this on in October, but I'm recording it the day before. Anyway, uh, but, uh, so as part of that, like, they had um, The Craft, they had uh, Suspiria, which I think might still be on there, funny enough, uh, The Faculty, they had uh, a bunch of different things, right? And so, of course, I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute, and uh, if you go on Criterion Channel now, um, you will see that they have 90s horror and they got some good shit uh on there too they have uh demon knight uh tales from the crypt presents demon knight which is such a good movie and you need to go watch it and you'll probably hear about it me talking about it in october because i am going to watch it at some point um but anyway but yeah it has some good stuff frankenhooker's on there so go watch frankenhooker and then like go watch listen to my episode about it um but like yeah i uh yeah, 90s horror is going to be lit. And also, uh, the month after in November, they're going to have Body Snatchers with Meg Tilly, funny enough. And also, they're going to have that in another movie. I don't remember. Oh, my God. I wish I could remember. I know Body Snatchers is going to be on there. And then oh, they have Ravenous on there, which I'm planning on watching. And then also, in December, they're going to have Event Horizon on there, which uh, is going to be fun. So, yeah, check out Criterion Channel if you... They're not sponsoring me or anything. But, like, yeah, if you like movies and you like those kinds of things, fucking watch it dude go ahead Uh, anyway back to what i was going to talk about with that as part of high school horror they have a movie on there called massacre at central high um from 1976 and so i never heard of this movie before Uh, really kind of like i hadn't really heard of it the only thing i'd ever heard about it was actually from uh heathers from 1989 that people compare it 
especially the ending to this movie. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay. But I never saw it stream anywhere or, or whatever. But I was like, all right, well, fucking let me watch it. And let me tell you something. I really liked it. I gave it a four. Um, so this movie is about uh, a California high school uh, who has this problem with bullies pretty much um and a new student engineers acts of revenge on these bullies um and it has like a studded it has a star studded cast man it has um the, the big stars that you would know from it are robert carradine uh robert carradine is um yes robert carradine not david carradine robert carradine uh robert carradine for those who don't know is uh from this movie but he's also from body bags from john carpenter uh he's in a, one of the segments in that but most people my age would know him as Lizzie McGuire's dad uh, and also one of the Carradine brothers. I think a lot of people would know him from that. He's also in the Revenge of the Nerds and things like that. But I know him as Lizzie McGuire's dad anyway. But yes, yeah, so he's in this. Kimberly Beck is in this from uh, Friday the 13th Part 4 um, and all of that. Uh, yeah, it's a, a fun little movie. Uh, these fashions are really great, in my opinion. I, I like some 70s fashion. Um and never did I think I would see the dad from Lizzie McGuire's ass in a movie, but here we are, um, because you do see him, like, kind of fully naked, really. Um, and then this movie is so wackadoodle, but I'm kind of super here for it. And, yeah, this movie's fucking crazy. It's kind of like a violence exploitation movie uh, that's, like, wrapped up in a weird, like, TV movie thing. I don't know. It, it's hard. It's a little hard to explain, but, like, it's actually... Just let it wash over you. You know what I mean? Um, I would at least give it a watch, like, one time, you know? Um, and see if you like it or not. I kind of loved it. Um, I would probably own it. But, like, yeah, this movie is ridiculous and kind of crazy. But, uh, but I'm here for it. Um... Also, fun little thing with Robert Carradine. Um, he's also the same guy who, because, um, you know, uh, the, the writer's strike is going to be ending soon as of this recording, but I think SAG is still on strike as well. Uh, but he is the same guy who uh, literally posted a picture of how he got, as a residual, he got zero dollars uh, of a check and he literally just posted on social media, didn't blur out the routing or account numbers or anything like that. And I thought like work, go ahead because literally it was for zero dollars. He got a residual for, for Disney. Uh, cause it was, it was literally addressed from Disney, like, or whoever the fuck. And it went to his like, um, agent or his manager's, uh, stuff which is their address and it was literally for zero dollars and zero cents so this is exactly why sag um is you know striking and all that and exactly why that is but anyway so um because yeah zero dollar it costs more money to literally send that out than to give somebody a check for zero dollars it's fucking crazy but anyway but yes that's massacre at central high i would recommend it if you want to i mean uh, i don't know if it's still i don't think it's still on criterion unfortunately but you might be able to find it for the free ski somewhere so please go ahead and pull up if you want the next day after that though i watched a little movie called jeffrey from 1995 which had literally been on my list forever because it was one of the movies that i saw on peacock that i was like oh my god i have to watch this because apparently it's a gay movie <laughs> 
because apparently it's a gay movie and i was like oh, okay great and so i was like uh but it was on my list for so goddamn long and i just never watched it so i was like all right let me get around to this so overall i did enjoy this movie i gave it a three and a half and a heart there are some parts that maybe be a little dated but i think it's a fun watch if you liked gay themed movies um I also like the camp sensibility of this film because um, there is some camp to it. Uh, Christine Baranski being in this in general already gives it like a three star, you know, because I love Christine Baranski. Uh, be on the lookout for another one of her movies coming up uh, later this year uh, on my show. But uh, the cameos alone also give this like a three or three and a half star rating. And I'll get to that in a minute. And then, honestly, Patrick Stewart in this movie, I think, does such a good job. Um, So, Jeffrey, if you don't already know, so it's about a gay man living in New York City. He has an overwhelming fear of contracting AIDS because he himself was on a little bit of a promiscuous streak before. Anyway, he concludes that being celibate is the only option to protect himself. And as fate would have it, shortly after his declaration of a sex-free existence, he meets a handsome man, Steve Howard, who's played by Michael T. Weiss his dream man, except for his HIV-positive status. And facing this dilemma, Jeffrey turns to his best friend, um, who is played by Patrick Stewart, and also an outrageous priest, played by Nathan Lane, uh, for guidance. So that's kind of buries the lead a little bit, but, like, it's still so fun. I mean, this movie has, like, Michael T. Weiss's uh, Steve, who is the guy that um, Jeffrey falls in love with. Jeffrey is Steven Weber. Um... But Michael T. Weiss, uh, for those who may not know, he is uh, Larry from uh, Freeway. Uh, Reese Witherspoon's, like, creepy-ass stepdad. So, like, you know, that's fun. But, like, Sigourney Weaver's in this movie. Uh, I mean, Nathan Lane, like I said. Uh, Brian Batt is in this movie. He plays uh, Patrick Stewart's boyfriend. Uh, For those who don't know, Brian Batt is Sal from Mad Men. That's him, um, which is kind of cool. And... yeah, Victor Garb is in this movie for a minute. Uh, Olympia Dukakis is in this movie. Uh, Jay Smith Cameron, for those who don't know, she is the mom from Harriet the Spy. And also she is um, from First Wives Club. She's also in, like I said, Harriet the Spy and The Rage Carry 2. She plays the mom of Rachel in that movie. But she's in a little, like, um, kind of cameo. Kathy Jimmy's in this movie real quick. Cameron Manheim. May I go on? Like, I mean, it's just, like, a random assortment. Uh, it was a play on on um, in New York, so it does have that kind of feeling to it. But as I've said on this show before, I don't give a shit. Um, so, yeah. But Jeffrey, I think, is a fun little movie that if you're into gay movies, uh, if you haven't already seen it, please do yourself a favor and watch it. I think it's a, a fun time. Anyway, the next day after that, I watched two movies. I watched Teristas from 2006. So this movie is about a group of young backpackers who go to Brazil. Uh, Their trip turns sour when a bus accident leaves them marooned um, on a remote um, Brazilian rural area that holds an ominous secret. Now, this movie, uh, funny enough... So this movie, uh, I gave it a three because I do think it's shot very well. Um, I think it is beautiful to look at. Maybe the story is not like the strongest. It definitely feels kind of like attacked on, um, it feels like a tacked on kind of like rip off of something like Hostel, which is saying something because Hostel isn't exactly the best movie either. However, I think I liked this a little bit more than Hostel, really. Like, I actually didn't think it was that bad, like, to be perfectly honest with you. I do like how one of the reviews in this movie, though, I want to read this real quick. Um, so it's by a guy named Caden on Letterboxd. He gave it two stars. So he 
alleges, and I would believe him, that his dad, John Stockwell, who's like, um, he was an actor back in the day, but he's the director of like Blue Crush. He did um, this movie. He did um, Into the Blue. But as an actor, he was in like Top Gun and Christine, and he's been an actor. But apparently, Caden said that his dad, John Stockwell, directed this movie. And here are a few things he told me about it, if anyone is interested. Number one, he didn't want to make this in the first place. Number two, he hates the ending. Number three, Brazil is really nice, and he had a great time there. Number four, he tried his best to make the movie not antagonizing Brazil and had an almost all Brazilian crew. But it was pretty difficult given what he had to work with. Anyway, this movie isn't that good, and it's going to be real awkward if my dad ever downloads Letterboxd and sees this rating. Um, so thank you, Caden. But uh, yeah, I mean, but I also don't think it's that bad, though. Like, I, I think it's fine. You know, uh, it, it's very tension-filled. It's very anxiety-inducing. Um, Olivia Wilde's there. That's fun. Uh, oh, also, Melissa George is there. Uh, you know, I mean, it's... Yeah, and then also, who's the guy in this? Oh, God damn. Josh Duhamel. Can you believe that Josh Duhamel was literally the dad in Love, Simon, though? Like, holy shit. Her and Je- him and Jennifer Garner. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so, and the middle of George is there. Like, I love that. But yeah, so Teresa's wasn't that bad. I don't think it was that bad. But, I mean, your mileage may vary. Anyway, uh, so then the same day, uh, because it was also on Criterion Channel, it's now off of there, uh, but I decided to watch Ghost World from 2001. So this movie, Ghost World, it's about two quirky, cynical teenaged girls who just graduated from high school. They're played by Scarlett Johansson and Thora Birch, respectively. Um, And so they're kind of navigating their life after high school graduation. Um, After they play a prank on an eccentric middle-aged record collector played by Steve Buscemi, um, one of them befriends him which causes a rift in the girl's friendship now this movie was perfectly fine Uh, i like how sardonic and acerbic kind of the characters were um it didn't wow me or anything though i gave it a three and a half like i said and you can dig into all sorts of things about this movie like what does the ending mean and like blah blah, blah, blah. um for me like i thought it was fine uh i don't think i would it's on a criterion for example like it has a criterion release of it Personally, I don't think I would own it, but you know, that's just me. Um, but I do think it's worth like a watch at least. I think uh, I liked Scarlett Johansson's character. Um, who who was she? She was um, she was Rebecca, um, and then Enid is Thor Birch. But yeah, I mean, like I I didn't hate it by any means, but I I wasn't wowed by it. I don't think I would own it or anything, but um. But yeah, Ghost World, I'd heard about it so much. You would think it'd be my brand or anything, but mm, it, it was it was fine. It was very okay. <laughs> then I watched Ernest Scared Stupid again because it was free on, uh, with ads on YouTube. <laughs> anyway, so then after that, um, I decided to watch a little something called Lyle from 2014. Uh, and so... If any of you heard last month, um, I think it was, where I watched Bad Things, which was done by Stuart Thorndike. Um, this is actually Stuart Thorndike's first film that she directed. Um, and so this is about Leah, um, who's played by Gabby Hoffman. Love Gabby Hoffman. Uh, her grief over her toddler's death uh, turns into paranoia when she suspects that her neighbors are part of a satanic cult. Um, so that's pretty much the movie, I guess. Uh, funny enough, so Gabby Hoffman's in this movie, um, and, you know, there, there isn't much in terms of, um, you know, plot. It's literally like a 60 
plus minute movie. It's it's almost it's little more than an hour. It's really short to watch. Anyway, though, but like uh, it's very lesbian because they're lesbians. Um, Gabby Hoffman and Ingrid Young uh play uh, you know couple who lose their kid. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean it, it, it's pretty much like the lesbian version of like a uh, of. Rosemary's Baby a little bit, which is what it was kind of touted as. Similar to how Bad Things is kind of like the lesbian version of of The Shining or whatever. And uh, guess what? I also didn't really like this movie a whole lot either. I gave it a two and a half. Uh, again, I, I thought it was perfectly okay. The, the most interesting person to me is Gabby Hoffman in this movie, really, because I think she's a great actress. But like, yeah, no, not, not, not for me, babes. Not for me. Um, however, funny enough, uh, the movie has a um karen is one of the characters in the movie and she plays the neighbor like real estate agent lady or whatever she's an older woman and she's right played by a woman named rebecca street and rebecca street funny enough i found this out later is actually the mom in jawbreaker for julie and that was out when she was living in California and being an actress out there because this movie, she was living in New York because um, it's all shot in New York. Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. She was in jawbreaker. So that's cool. But yeah, other than that, I really didn't care for this movie. So it was on um, Peacock. I think it's still on Peacock. You can find it pretty easily. If you want to watch it, go ahead. My, my girl, but you know, or my boy or my day or whoever, but you know, uh, yeah, I didn't care for it that much. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, then the next day, uh, or actually the two days after, I think, uh, because it was on Shutter, I decided to watch a little movie called Night of the Demons from 1988. This is actually part of The Last Drive-In, live from the Jamboree, which a little something about that, so um, you could obviously watch it on Shutter if you want to. But generally what this was is that um, there was a drive-in in... Uh, Pennsylvania somewhere that was in uh, fear of getting closed down and like uh, sanctioned by the state pretty much to get you know dozed down or whatever anyway but uh, I guess Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy and all them were able to actually make it so that um, they were able to help raise money to help save this drive-in and all this stuff and they were able to do that and so as part of this what they did was they came to pennsylvania in 2021 and they did a screening um they did a jamboree live jamboree with all their mutant family if you will um they all came out um and they did a screening of this movie night of the demons which is fun so that's what i watched it's on you it's on um shutter right now and you can you know if you like that kind of thing it was cool like they had amelia kincaid in it uh, and also Linnea quigley was there as a um they were uh the uh the guests of honor at this thing like which i thought was cool but yeah night of the demons so uh this is a movie while conducting a seance during a halloween party high school seniors unlock the demon that remained locked in the cre- uh crematorium uh so i mean i gave this movie a three and a half i really like it personally i actually own it now Oh, funny enough. So, like, I got uh, some Blu-rays. I got um, another movie that I will talk about in a minute. But I got the Night of the Demons one. I got another movie that are from Scream Factory. And they, uh, funny enough, have these, like, kind of backwards, uh, like you could have like different covers, which I thought was really cool. So you could have like the newer cover or have the older cover. And it just depends on how you want to do it. I also uh, 
accidentally ripped uh my little blu-ray i accidentally ripped the plastic so that was fun i ripped the plastic so that like the thankfully the little slip cover didn't like rip or anything with like the information on the blu-ray of it um but i had to buy a new blu-ray case which is really annoying um but anyway so yeah but it is now happily in my collection um yeah, I love Night of the Demons. I think it's a great movie. Uh, I didn't like it at first when I first watched it. I gave it like a two or something like that. But I, I've I've uh, since come around on it. Um, and I do think it's a really fun movie. The next uh, thing I watched, I watched on the 17th of the month. And then also on the 24th. Because I will also be covering it on the show. And it's also the other movie that I own from Screen Factory now. Is 13 Ghosts from 2001. So this movie, uh, I watched it for podcast purposes, and because it's going off of Max, it was on Max, but I now own it. Now this movie, uh, if you don't know what 13 Ghosts is, it's about Arthur Criticos and his two kids. Uh, Arthur is played by Tony Shalhoub, and then his two kids are Shannon Elizabeth and some kid named Alec Robert. Um, anyway, they inherit his uncle's house, uh, played by F. Murray Abraham, and there's a bunch of ghosts, there's 12 ghosts that haunt it that are going to beat your ass, pretty much. That's the basic idea of what this movie is about. Uh, this is something I watched a lot as a kid. I had the DVD of this movie. I was obsessed. I loved it. It just shows that I turned out normal and well-adjusted, you know? So so there's that. Uh, but yeah, I gave it a four. I gave it a four at a heart because, listen, this movie is not that great uh, as a plot necessarily however and you will hear about i'm in i'm actually in the middle of editing that episode but let me tell you something this movie has such good special effects and so wonderful uh like oh my god like the editing sucks like the editing's not great please do not maybe watch this if you have like epileptic you know tendencies uh because girl i don't know it, it, it might be a little hairy but if you do not have those you know watch it it has good special effects um and that's really it like the plot's not that great but like it's those effects though for me i'm sorry but anyway so i watched that twice during the month because i also got the blu-ray of it so i listened to like the commentary of it and i like you know watched some stuff about the social features that was kind of fun but yeah that's what i watched uh then the I think next day after that, because it was on uh, Pluto, I don't think it's on there now. It might have gone away, but I think it'll be uh, coming around though, is the lost boys from 1987, which I had actually started to watch at one point before. And then I got a little bored and then I came back to it anyway. So uh, (laughs) the lost boys is by Joel Schumacher. He's the director of it. And this is about a mother played by Diane Weist. Um, and her two teenage sons, played by Corey Haim and Jason Patrick, respectively. Um, they moved to a seemingly nice and quiet, um, small coastal California town. Um, and they soon find out that it's overrun by bike gangs and vampires. Uh, and a couple of teenage friends take it upon themselves to hunt down the um, vampires that they suspect of a few mysterious murders. And they try to restore peace and calm to their town. So this uh, is from the 80s. It's very, you know... It's very, like, you know, a new vampire type stuff. Uh, 
I gave it a three and a half and a little heart. Um, like it's on my list to maybe own because it has a 4K of it. But I mean, it, it's a fine movie. I didn't grow up with it or anything uh, or whatever. But like, I, I do think it is a, a an interesting take on the the vampire lore. You know, um, I'll be talking a little bit about vampires a little later uh, in October. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think like this movie in particular, it it is cool. I. I think I like it a little more than like near dark a little bit like near dark is really good, but like, I kind of like this movie and I think at least the first movie like is pretty decent. So, uh, yeah, do yourself a favor and watch it if you want to. I I think it's at least worth a watch if you've never seen it. Um, then I watched a little movie, uh, because it, I think I might've started this right around the time that I watched Lost boys, but, uh, I watched a little movie on Amazon that a bunch of people have watched called Red, White, and Royal Blue, which came out this year. Uh, I started this on a Saturday, and I finished it on a Tuesday. That seems about right. Um, So this movie, uh, so it's about an altercation between Alex, uh, the president's son. The president is played by Uma Thurman, uh, the president of the United States, uh, and Britain's Prince Henry uh, at a royal event becomes tabloid father. Their long-running feud and now threatens to drive a wedge in U.S.-British relations. When the rivals uh, are forced into a staged truce, their icy relationship begins to thaw, and the friction between them sparks something deeper than they ever expected. So it's gaze, okay? And so... You know, listen, um, I gave this a two and a half uh, star. Listen, uh, this movie could have honestly had about 20 minutes shaved off of it. I, maybe I'm just like a cynic or I, you know, whatever. I didn't care for this movie a ton, really. Uh, and it seems like there's other gays who also maybe don't like it uh, a ton. Maybe there's some who do, and that's fine. Uh, I mean, I loved seeing, you know, the the president's son's ass. That was fun. Um, and whatever. But, like, I just partly was... Uh, it, it just didn't feel like... I just didn't care. You know what I mean? Plus, also, like, you know, um, you can hear... You can kind of, you know, go down the rabbit hole of all sorts of shit with Amazon and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I will say that I, I just think like this movie just wasn't for me. It just felt like, you know, I love something like Heartstopper. You know what I mean? You know how much I love Heartstopper. Um, but Heartstopper's a little different for me. This movie, I feel like it just feels like a, like, cis woman's like perspective of like some even though i know it was written by a queer woman technically but like you know it feels like this kind of like idealized sort of version of what a gay love story is do you know what i mean especially gay men love story like i don't know i i just was like i was just kind of like mm, okay like i just i just wasn't into it you know say what you will whatever but i I didn't care that much about it. So take that with a grain of salt. If you want to watch it, go ahead. But um, it wasn't anything to write home about for me. Uh, then uh, a couple days after that, though, uh, I because it was on Tubi, it was actually on HBO before, but it's on. it was on Tubi. I don't know where it's going to end up now, but okay. Uh, I decided to watch The Color Purple from 1985. So uh, anybody who doesn't know what The Color Purple is about, uh, it's pretty much about uh, a girl named Celie, who um, in the movie is played by a young lady. Um, give me one moment. I'm going to get her name. Uh, 
you have uh, Desreda Jackson plays her young, and then Whoopi Goldberg plays her as like a, a young adult and then an adult. Uh, but this is about Seely. She grows up in the South. Um, she is from pretty much like uh, Louisiana, like Georgia area or something, uh, back in the 1900s, pretty much, uh, where you know women and black women in particular uh, were not treated the best, obviously. So she had to deal with abuse and bigotry. Um, she was pretty much married off from to this guy, Mister, who's played by Danny Glover. Um, it's, it's it's so much. It was directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, I thought this movie. I, I loved it. It was for for me. Um, one of my coworkers, funny enough, she loves the color purple, and she likes the musical too. And the musical's coming out later this year. So, but this movie was so bomb. I mean, it was so good. Like, uh, like just I, I really liked it. I, I just think it's so worth the time. Is it a little long? Yes, but I do think like overall. And actually, I'm I'm fine with the length of it. Like, I'm fine with the length of the movie. And also, I just think this movie is so captivating. And um, I'm very... I'm interested. I, I liked it a lot. So, uh, yeah. Go watch The Color Purple if you haven't already done so. I think it's really decent and really good. Um, and I really enjoyed myself with it. And then same day, I decided to watch a little movie that was on Tubi. I think I might have left. I actually... Again, I started this movie at one point and then I fell off of it and then I came back to it. So uh, this is a little movie called Happy Birthday to Me, uh, which from 1981. This is about Virginia, played by Melissa Sue Anderson from Little House on the Prairie. She is proud that she become, belongs with a clique. Uh, so the best students at a private school. But before her 18th birthday, a gruesome set of murders take place and her friends are the only ones who are falling prey. Could it be her? She suffers from blackouts due to a freak accident that happened to her and her mom. Um, and we soon find out the truth behind her accident and what's going on. Um, so, yeah, this movie is a three and a half for me. It's early 80s horror, you know, so that's that's kind of fun for what it is, you know. Uh, it's Canadian. Very, very Canadian. Uh, you'll hear me talk about a little bit about this movie uh, in a later episode I'm going to do in the month. You'll see. Uh, but this movie uh, actually has an interesting relationship with the uh, the series Goosebumps, which is kind of fun. Which I'll I'll let you uh, <clears throat> I'll let you hear about that uh, later on. But uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, happy birthday to me. I think it was pretty pretty fun. Uh, it's ridiculous at the end, which actually came from um, changes that were made. I don't think it was actually... Uh, the end of this movie, I think, was tacked on, honestly. Um, I don't think it was the original ending. But but yeah, so that's what I watched. Um, and then I have two more to um, kind of focus on. So I decided to watch a little movie called uh, Ginger Snaps from 2000 uh, because it was also on High School Horror as well. I think it's off of there now, but uh, it's always on Shutter. You can always find it on Tubi. Um, so, yeah, if you don't know what Ginger Snaps is, uh, so it's about the... Uh, it's a story of two outcast sisters played by Catherine Isabel and Emily Perkins, um, Ginger and Bridget. They live in Bailey Downs, which is a little Canadian suburban town. Um, on the night of Ginger's first period, she is savagely attacked by a werewolf, pretty much, and her wounds miraculously heal, but something is not quite right. So it's pretty much a werewolf movie. I do want to do an episode on this movie at some point. I don't know when I'm going to get around to it, but I want to so bad. Um 
yeah, I was talking to somebody about this movie, and they said how their uh, dad actually liked it a lot, it, like this in the second movie, which if you don't already know, I watched the second movie already. I, I've seen this movie before, so I just watched it again, but I watched the second one a couple months ago, which is actually pretty decent, and I have on my list to watch the third one, so um, I'll get around to it, but I love Ginger Snaps. I think if you have never seen it, please do yourself a favor and watch it. Um, it's so interesting. It has that dark comedy to it um it feels like a really fucked up like goosebumps episode kind of sort of but like it's just really good to to me at least um i do want to own it i do want to get around to owning it so i really enjoyed it for myself um and i think anybody else would also like it too um because yeah ginger snaps is just awesome obviously and then the last movie that i watched in the month um pretty much because I'm going to be doing October, obviously starting um, today when you hear this. But uh, I watched a little movie called Sydney White from 2007. Uh, this is a movie. This is an Amanda Bynes movie. This movie is about a, um, a college student and it's a modern retelling of Snow White set against um, students in their freshman year of college in the Greek system. Uh, so that's like putting it mildly. So pretty much Amanda Bynes plays Sydney White, who is Snow White and she um, gets kicked out of a, a sorority pretty much. Uh, Sarah Paxton is in it as like the bitch head of the, um, the sorority and she's a student council president. Um, and so this movie is just so, um, but then she comes across, Sydney White comes across these like guys who live in this place called the Vortex. Um, and they're all kind of like the archetypal, um, dwarf characters in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, yeah. And this movie is so interesting. I gave it a three. There's people who hate this movie. And if you look at the letterbox reviews, girl, they're not that good. However, I think this movie actually has something going for it. Um, I'm a simple person. I like Amanda Bynes. So like, I of course like it, but like, I also think this movie is like really decent. Um, I like Sydney white. I actually think she's a great character. Um, and I enjoy her. Um, I, I also like how this movie has like a socialist undertone to it because pretty much like Sydney and, you know, is pretty much saying like, fuck you know the oligarchy and fucks and fuck like the system pretty much uh which i thought is so cool and i think um there's other folks who like this movie for for you know maybe it's not the best film overall but the fact that there is this like socialist message under it the fact that I think Sydney is actually a fairly likable character. This gives me house bunny vibes, like hardcore. So if you're into the house bunny, I think you should check this movie out as well. Um, again, doesn't have our queen on a Ferris in it, obviously, but, um, I do think it's worth a watch and it was on um, HBO max. It was on max. So why the hell not? Like, I think you should definitely, um, give yourself, do yourself a favor and watch it. Uh, Cause I think it's super fun for what it is for sure. Um, and that's pretty much what I watched in the month of September. So I um, hope you enjoyed all that. And, you know, that's what I watched. Uh, I would say most of the things, maybe give them a watch if you want to. Um, and also in the meantime, near the end of the month as well, I uh, have also been, I decided to um, do myself a little favor and um, <laughs> I signed up for Audible for like a minute and then I used a credit to go buy this book on um, Audible. So it's audiobook version, but I decided to start reading um, 
or listening to uh, Yours Cruelly, Elvira, which is the memoir for Elvira, Con- Cassandra Peterson. And I uh, have just started listening to that. And so I'll finish it in the next few days, probably. It's a 10 hour book, it's a 10 hour listen. So it's quite a bit to take on. But I think it's so good. Uh, for what I've heard, I'm about. What chapter am I on? Let me see real quick. I believe I am on chapter 12, actually. She talks about how she lived in Rome for a while. And her life is just so interesting. I I just, I love Elvira, obviously. Like, oh my God, she's fucking great. But like, I, her life is just so fascinating. And I think like, it's solidified to me just that I really like her so much. But also like, it solidifies that I want more Elvira in my life. You know what I mean? Like, she would definitely be somebody if I went to a horror convention, and if she was there, I would absolutely want to meet her. Like, I mean, oh my god, like, she is just this like, beautiful, spooky, aunt in my head you know what i mean and uh i love her for that so i mean you know she's kind of like a glamour clown if you will not in a bad way i'm just saying like you know she is this kind of like you know silly person you know she she's there and she's like um she's there to make people laugh she's a comedian at the end of the day you know so i love that but but yeah, that's what I watched in September. So for October, I have some fun things coming up. Of course, I have my regular episodes coming out, which I already kind of teased what I'm going to be doing as well. But, uh, you know, you'll look forward to that if you listen to these little little bite-sized things. Um, but I also plan on, so you'll see this on uh, the Instagrams and all that stuff. Uh, I plan to do, um, <laughs> I'm crazy, but I think I might do uh two different watch-alongs so the horror queers generally always have their watch-along for the month so every day they post a different category of horror movie to watch and all that stuff uh so i'll be participating in that and i'll be posting on social media what i'm watching and things like that but i also want to do a little uh watch along with um haunted hippie funny enough kylie from youtube and she's on letterboxd and all that um go check out her channel haunted hippie if you haven't done so already uh she has she's a great content creator she is a up-and-coming filmmaker um she has some shorts out there and uh she has a great youtube channel where she talks about like what she watches in the month she does deep dives of like directors and you know films she does original remake videos um that compare the two movies that uh, the original and the remake uh she's really cool content so please go follow her on social media and her YouTube and all that. But she has a watch along that she's doing. And so I might actually do that one as well. Um, so that'll be, I have a whole list of the categories that she is going to do. And um, she talked about what she's going to be watching this month. But uh, yeah, I am super interested to do Again, that's a lot of movies to watch, so you're going to have a big old episode of October, I'm sure, uh, to hear about what I watched. But but yeah, so that'll be fun. And uh, and then, of course, just in general, just enjoying the spookiness, you know, and all that. Um, but if you like what you hear, please, you know, give the rest of my back catalog a listen. Uh, I thank you so much for listening today, and I will see you next month for October, where I'll talk about what I watched in the month of the spook. So thank you so much for listening, and take care.